Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. You would think today is a throwback Thursday. Of course, it's only Tuesday. But maybe it is a throwback Tuesday. It doesn't have the same ring, does it? Steve will be joining us from the Sunbury Motors studio momentarily. Kevin Hurst filling in for Matt Catrillo. And the couple of big things today, hearing uh, uh, some information about where James Franklin is going to be, and it's going to be in State College for a little longer. We'll talk more about that. Uh, we'll have, uh, we'll uh, actually be able to talk about that with uh, uh, Mark Wogenrich from Sports Illustrated coming up at the four o'clock hour. The Giants have fired their offensive coordinator Jason Garrett after less than two years on the job. I, listen, I don't know if this is the right thing or not. I, I just know he hasn't had a ton to work with. I mean. The, the big thing was Barkley, and then Barkley gets hurt, and then Barkley gets hurt again. And he was a big part of their offense. They haven't been able to develop anything. Uh, I'm not sure that that's necessarily his fault, but the Giants were 31st in the NFL at 17.5 points a game, and Monday night when you're on prime time and you lose 30-10, to 10, I guess that just doesn't help much either. So uh, we could talk more about that. Uh, of course, Penn State and Michigan State coming up. This week, uh, coming up uh, this weekend, uh, Steve will be getting ready for that uh, through the holiday break and lots of Penn State basketball going on as well. It is a busy time at the uh, Jones house. Actually, I shouldn't say that. It's a busy time in, in the Jones vehicle because it's going from from house to airport to Bryce Jordan Center to, <laughs> to uh, nowhere else in between right now. But again, uh, Steve will be joining us from the Sunbury Motors studio momentarily. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK and at WKOK.com. We'll be back in just a moment. So the bike is like $1,400, right? But for the extra $600, the dude screams at you. What a deal. Listen, I don't even know if I'd want the bike. For that kind of money, it should move me. (laughs) I mean, I shouldn't have to do any work on that bike. Oh, you would think. And we know, we know how much, you and I both know how much I love exercise in the first place. Uh, It really has been always been your number one priority. That's right. That's why everybody says, hey, you play golf. No, no, no. I play golf for the frustration. I do not play it for the exercise. <laughs> See, now I play for the exercise. That's right. That's right. Because you'll walk 18. Over and over again. Yeah, I'll walk over. three and then be like, yeah, I'm done. 
And that's only the flat holes. I'm not talking about the ones that where you start from the low end and end on the high oh. end, if you know what I'm talking about. We were on the, what, ninth hole, the par three that goes uphill uh, at Susquehanna Valley. And you went down to get your ball. And I thought, I thought you were going to lose it. <laughs> I got scared. I was like, I said, is he all right? I was going and down, I, and I was still going down. I was like, holy mackerel. So I said, we better get a cart and go down there and get him. I said, he's not coming back up. <laughs> um, man. It's like climbing well, up Mount Everest. I know. So but then I'll, I'll make sure the cart gets down there. The, uh, the coaches show is tonight, by the way. It'll be uh, Dennis Hohenschelp, women's volleyball, Andy Frank on the recruiting part for football tonight, 6.05 to 7. Don't forget on Monday night, we begin Talk to Santa. The Magic Radio has been geared back up again for now more than 80-plus years. And that, you know, with five children a night? Yes. And yes. It's, it's going to be phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I know that uh, I talked to Chad yesterday. I know he has some behind-the-scenes work he's doing on it as well. It is, uh, it'll be every Monday through Friday, 6 to 7, with the Magic Radio. Yes. Right here on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK. James Franklin had his press conference today. Um uh, there's been a lot of talk about whether there would be a contract to discuss. Uh, as of right now, there is no contact contract to discuss, and thus he didn't discuss one. Doesn't mean they haven't been working on one, but he's not going to talk about it, anything until everything's signed, sealed, delivered. And he's got a game this week. So, um, against, uh, against Michigan State which had a game to forget on Saturday, but it also played out about the way we thought it would play out. I thought that that game would play out in such a way where by halftime would be non-competitive because it just it's the wrong matchup. It's the wrong matchup. Without question, it is, you know, that secondary against those three wideouts in that passing game, no. Doesn't work. Mark Wogenrich is on today's show. Chris Soleri, um, Lansing State Journal, on today's show to talk Michigan State football. You know, I was in I was in Lansing uh, for a game. Like I think it was was it was the year Penn State went to the Rose Bowl. Was that Kajana Carter? Was that was that the year that he was that the first year they went to the Rose Bowl? Uh no, um, that game was here. Okay, in ninety ninety four, the game in two thousand five was out there when that, they went to the Rose Bowl. That's it. That's the year. That's the year. Then uh, I, I actually we actually made the trip. Uh, college game day was there, and for the life of me, I can't remember who was hosting it. But I remember he stand around back and he said, "You know, we'd like to welcome all the Penn State fans, and of course, all the Michigan State fans were booing." And he said, "Listen," he, he turns and he goes, "Listen, let's be honest." If Penn State's not going to the, not have a shot at the Rose Bowl, we're not here. <laughs> right. Oh, exactly. I mean, it was, uh, it, it, that'd be Chris Fowler would have been hosting. That's that. who. Yes, it was Fowler at the time. Thank you. Yes. 
Yes. Um, that was the one with the trip. I've told the story a thousand times. Okay. Uh, Penn State gets into you know it's a good decent game you know Michael Robinson has a huge game he ran that touchdown run kind of put the game away, um, and now we're gonna go home. Now you've heard me tell the story, right? Oh yeah, yeah, about, I know the story about the trip home. Yeah, All right. So you get the trophy, take the trophy. Trophy has its own seat on the plane. Okay, great. You know they got that land grant. Love the land grant trophy. I mean. Penn State had won it the year before, but you still have to bring it with you. So, I mean, I think they put that in cargo. They stuck it in a, in a crate. The Big Ten Championship trophy got a seat. Uh, and so we're flying back. And flying back, and how many times have I flown into this airport? And when we, uh, and nine times out of ten, we come in from the north. Nine times out of ten. And this particular night, we're coming in from the north. So it's always, all right, Belfont, Cybert Road, Rock Road, five buildings, blue lights, land the plane. Right? Well, now we're coming to land, and it's Belfont, Cybert Road, Rock Road. <laughs> and Wayne Sebastianelli, Doc Sebastianelli, who's one of the greatest guys on the planet, uh, but is also not America's greatest flyer, is sitting across the aisle from me. He looks at me and goes, geez, Steve, we're coming in fast. <laughs> I looked over and said, no kidding. <laughs> All right. And, of course, you know I panicked. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my God. Eh. Okay. Hang on. I'm going to finish my nap. Let me know where we land. Uh, uh, and But we're coming in fast. And we come down and go, boom. Right? Like, we hit it. And we bounced in the air. And now we're floating. Eh, like on, okay. Anytime we want to come down, that's fine. And boom. You know, big football players are on board. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now they bring the plane around. And I think he stopped the plane at the top of the runway, if I remember correctly. He did not bring the plane back to the FBO, so the buses had to come down to get us. Meanwhile, there were 8,000 people waiting for us at Rec Hall. 8,000 people. And I'm supposed to speak. Joe's supposed to speak. Michael Robinson's supposed to speak. And Alan Zemitis is supposed to speak. Okay. So they come over and they said, hey, you know, First of all, everybody okay? Yeah, everybody's okay. Then they asked, you know, they uh, I was standing with Mike and Alan and with Joe, and they said, are you four guys okay to go up there? Well, I'm not going to go up there. I said, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I said, just get the bus, get this over with. Let's go. <laughs> they were like, yeah, absolutely. So we go over to Rec Hall. Nobody knows what happened. Well, we don't even allude to it. We get up there. I mean, Mike, may, uh, Joe said very little. Uh, Mike, Mike said some stuff which was great. Alan said some stuff, which was great. Boom, closed out. Everybody cheered. We left. So two weeks later, I go back to the airport, and I'm going to fly to Texas A&M to do basketball. And Carl in the FBO, who had been there for a long time, he's since retired, says, boy, I hope this is better than your last flight. I go, yeah, Carl. I said, that was a doozy. He says, doozy. 
He said that plane came down straight down, and he hit the tail and sent sparks up all over the place. He said, you guys floated about 300 feet down the runway after you bounced up. I said, okay. He says, and then you hit, and he sparked it all the way down the runway. He says, yeah. he said, that's why we sent the buses out, because there's no way he could taxi the thing back in. I go, holy mackerel. Well, a month later, we get a report from the NTSB. They listed it as a crash. He did $3 million damage to the aft fuselage of the plane. $3 million. The best part is 109 people on board all survived. I thought that part was cool. That's right. What's the old story? What's the best landing? The one you walk away from. Oh, oh! I had another one. We are in going into Huntington, West Virginia. Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, to play Marshall in basketball. And... The wind, we're blowing all over the place. We're in West Virginia. We're in Ohio. We're in, you know, we're in Virginia. Yeah, or no, I, yeah, no, Kentucky. Okay. We're in Kentucky. We're in Ohio. We're in West Virginia. We're getting blown all over the place, but it's okay. You know, I mean, you know. and it comes time to land. And I want to tell you, the pilot on that plane does a absolutely, completely phenomenal job landing that plane. I'm talking like we came down and the dude just flat out got it done. Kind of reminded me of that night in Birmingham with the football team in a driving storm. That the, uh, the pilot did such a great job. And uh, Penn State won that game 23-3. They, they won this game over Marshall, too. So we go, we're going, we're getting off the plane. Now, the plane is shut down. The plane is completely shut down at this point. He's, he's pulled the plane around. He's landed it perfectly. He taxis, boom, shuts it off. There's so much wind that the plane is blowing back and forth, and we literally have to grab seat to seat to walk up the aisle just to steady ourselves so we could get to the exit. And Ed DeCellis, who's now the head basketball coach at Navy, Eddie is not a good flyer, never has been. He'll be the first to tell you he's not good, right? And so I look over at him because he's right in front of me. I said, Eddie, you okay? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm good. So we go up a couple more seats. I said, are you all right? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm good. So I asked him one more time. He says, look, look, any flight that lands is a good one. <laughs> and I looked over at Ed and I said, Ed, they all land. That's a good point. <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, you're a jerk. <laughs> I said, what? See, the I only, said, tell me I'm wrong. See, tell only, me I'm wrong. The only story I have is, you know, I'm flying all one day to, uh, to uh, Charlotte or uh, to uh, Charleston for Charleston Southern. Yep. So I, I, I get into Harrisburg. I get there about six o'clock. I'm on a twin turbo and they have to get the weight down. And it's a new guy doing the weight. So they have to do it like three or four times. Then the pilot comes on and says, hey, by the way, it's our first flight. So we have to try and test out the turbo props. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I got a connecting flight in Dulles. I got an airtime of 11 o'clock in, <laughs> in South Carolina. We got to get moving. <laughs> I'm in go. the front seat so I can get Watch out quickly. Out. We get out. I'm texting Doug Birdsong on the way down. Here's where I'm at. He goes, how do you know where you are and how are you texting me on a plane? I said, Doug, I'm on a twin turbo. We're not that high off the ground. We got good right. cell signal right now. Yeah. Pull into Charlotte after doing three loops around because of fog. I'm like, wow, I've looked at that bay a couple of times now. <laughs> and got to the uh, got to the stadium at 20 minutes before airtime. <laughs> oh, God. Sat in the booth well, uh, at 15 minutes till. Yeah. 
Well, I've told the story about going into Casper, Wyoming, about the weight. They threw guys off and the whole thing. The part of the story I've never really related to anybody is the guy I'm sitting in. the. I was in the last row of the plane. And Penn State's going to play in this tournament in Casper. Well, some members of the Wyoming basketball team are on the plane. Okay? So I'm sitting in the last row, right, left-hand side. Guy sitting to my right on the aisle. Uh, is one of the Wyoming basketball players. So, you know, this whole ordeal, because we're sitting there, they're they're throwing people off and the whole deal about weight and the whole deal, people are exempt, Wyoming basketball players are exempt, Penn State basketball players are exempt, blah, 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 blah. And so I got a chance to at least talk to this guy for a while, great guy, and he ended up in the NBA. And he played in the NBA for 10 years, as a matter of fact. You watched his son play for the Chargers on Sunday Night Football, Rashawn Slater. Reggie Slater's his dad. That's the guy who's sitting next to me on the plane going up to Wyoming. So there you go. It's a small world. Getting smaller by the minute. See, you didn't expect that part. No, that's a new one. I don't remember that one. No, I never told anybody that one. But, yeah, it was it was Reggie Slater. Tim Loomis was the guy across the aisle from me, the assistant basketball coach. It's the one where the woman says... When I get to the when I get to the gate, so you're on the flight from Denver. I says yeah. She says oh okay. Here to pick up my dog. I said oh, okay. I'm thinking I said more information than I need, but that's all right. And then she says um, says I was going to also pick up my fiance Tim. He says but they tossed him off the plane to some stupid basketball team. And I looked at her. And I said I, I recall the incident. <laughs> And then she calms down a little bit, and she says, so you're here in Casper Fizzing family, business? I said, well, I'm here in business. He says, oh, really, what's your business? I'm I'm with the stupid GD basketball team. <laughs> she goes, oh. I said, don't worry. I said, they shouldn't have thrown him off. I said, don't worry about it. It's all right. All right. I assume we're at the bottom of the hour here. Yeah, we are. I just didn't like the music, so I didn't play it. No, <laughs> You didn't like the music, so you didn't play it? Jeez, Catrillo does that. He's got he's got a four-hour meeting in your office. <laughs> so you can go ahead and take the break if you'd like. Sure, because we got news at the bottom of the hour. As Let's we continue go to it. News Radio 1070 WKOK brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. 15 Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Sales staff that works with you, trade-ins are at an all-time high, at least it feels that way. And also, a fabulous service department that backs it all up. It is Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Uh, college football playoff rankings will come out tonight. When they do, I expect, obviously, Georgia to be one. I expect Ohio State to be two, Alabama three, Cincinnati four, Michigan five. I do expect a flip-flop tonight between Alabama and Ohio State, which is irrelevant because if they are to play in the playoff, that just means you're talking about Jersey 
color. Yeah. Jersey color. That's all it means, whether you're two or three. Uh, This would put Cincinnati in the prime spot. Big. Helps a lot. Putting them in a prime spot. No question. All right. So now we're going to talk about the Steelers. Well, I, uh, can, can I ask you a quick question first? Do we have time? Sure, for that? I'm not. Re- I'm not resigning. Oh, darn it! Well, so every new day there's fresh hope. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the question I have is how much? I know your answer to this, but as as a fan from the outside, how much uh, credibility do I give to all these bowl projection things that are out there right now? Uh, credibility to them? Oh, it might yeah, I mean, be most of them. Most of them are best guess. I mean, you know, I mean, some of it is where you're placed in your conference right now, and also part of it is with the Big Ten now is how long has it been since you've been to a place. Uh, that does enter into it. So, in other words, say you know, let's just pick a pick a bowl. Say Penn State played in the Citrus Bowl last year. Let's just say they did. Um, they would not go back to the Citrus Bowl this year, even if they were the team that was. You know, um, in terms of uh, standings, that's where they would be slotted to go. They wouldn't go back because they don't want – the big concern they got was too many times you were going to games over and over and over again. You know, sometimes it would be three times in seven years or whatever like that, and they felt that for the fans that was getting stale, so they did not want to do that. So bowl projections – I mean, I think what have we seen? Music City Bowl, Vegas Bowl, Outback Bowl. Well, I know you you were asked that question on the broadcast on Saturday, too, and and that's why it popped into my head. You said you'd get a better, you know, everybody would get a better look after this week, and uh, that's why I was curious. How much, much, you know, do I want to rely on these? Like, is that somewhat accurate? Oh, I think there's something to it. I think they've talked to the bowl people as to what they think their options are. But I think right now you can't lock them into it. Okay, they're definitely going to pick City. Can't do that yet because, you know, again, they beat Michigan State. Now you've got another win over another ranked team to go with your win over Wisconsin, to go with your win over Auburn. Now you got this, you know what I mean? And, you know. And and if they do go to a bowl game, you're definitely in to call that game. You don't need uh, you don't need to fill. Oh no no okay, no 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 no. All right all right. Just want to get first, that clear. Just first of all, they they are going to a bowl game, and second of all, I can assure you, Jack Ham and I will be there, and you will be watching. All right, I, I just wanted to throw that out there into the universe, and you know, hope for the best. But I mean, uh, 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 I'm glad to hear you're doing it. So the same guy who scheduled the <laughs> holiday party for a Sunday. All right, so um, great, fabulous. All right, All you right. wanted to talk about the Steelers? I derailed you. Go ahead. Oh no, Neil Kulong is going to join us now. Oh, even and, better. Uh, yes, Neil is going to join us with uh, some great words about. First of all, Neil, to you and your family, Happy Thanksgiving. I am thankful to be here as well. I'll extend I'll extend your well wishes to them, and please give mine to yours. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. All right, so forty-one thirty-seven. It was interesting the game the the way the game played out. Uh, they played the game shorthanded defensively, so I'm not shocked by the 41. How'd you feel about the overall performance when you looked at it? I, it was as choppy a performance I think we've seen from the Steelers in, in a while, and that really shouldn't come as much of a surprise either. This, this, it's a team that's going to have to continue building. 
And what that generally means is you're going to have highs and lows sometime within the same game. I, I certainly think that we saw that. Um, the one thing I will say is this. What, what I remember of the 2013 season, the, the, the year that Steelers started off 0-4, right. uh, it looked pretty bleak. Even Ben was saying they were the worst team in football. Uh, it, worst start a, a team could possibly have. I mean, it was it was bad. You could see, though, after those four losses, you could see improvement week to week. They were getting better. Um, they got destroyed by the Patriots and responded after that. I think that was the, the two and six point of the year. And after that, they, they won six of their next seven or something like that right. to end the season. I feel like this team matches up with that, except they're probably going to slide here at the end. I think they had their hot streak early. I think they're going to take some beatings here down the stretch, and you, you saw why in the Chargers game. I think come January when we're doing a, a post-mortem on the season, what we're going to say is the Chargers game, it, it, it typified a lot of what the issues that this team has. And I, I would point to the, the final five plays of the game to explain it. When you're depleted in your secondary, which you absolutely were, with Minka Fitzpatrick and Joe Hayden out, without question the two most valuable players in, in uh, their secondary. Without those two players, you have a, a miscommunication of biblical proportion. I mean, it, it was I, – I, I've spent, Steve, I, I spent way too, many, way too many hours looking over this play, talking to several people, trying to figure out exactly what happened on it. I think it, all three players involved had three different ideas of what was going on, yeah. and none of them were correct. Right. It was that bad. I mean, it was just weird. It, 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 rule number one for anybody who, who's played in the defensive secondary, if you play a, a, a man in a zone combination defense, rule number one is the outside cornerback carries any vertical route up the field. Yep. Always. There is no defensive alignment that ever changes that. The outside corner takes the vertical guy because there's a lot of field. You can't ask a safety to get all the way over to the sideline to cover that play, which, as we saw, Trey Norwood is uh, among the people that are unable to do that. Why Cam Sutton let him release is a mystery to me. Cam Sutton is a a really smart player. He's gotten where he is in the NFL because of that. Uh, Big mistake on his part. I don't know exactly what Devin Bush was doing. He didn't get over to the slot receiver anyway, who incidentally was also – you know, pretty much open on that play, but Cam Sutton was covering him as well. Trey Norwood, I don't, I don't know if Trey Norwood even knew that there was an outside receiver there. Right. Uh, he he reacted to it so late, and he was probably coming downhill uh, on the inside receiver, but nobody noticed the outside guy. Yet there's no reason to have not noticed him. They were all within the same area. Those types of things happen when you have a new team that, that's coming together, whether they're rookies or not new guys playing together with new coaches, those types of things tend to happen. And one guy kind of drags everybody else down. I think probably in the end, not to put all of it on Norwood, but to me it was more an absence of Minka Fitzpatrick. If, if Minka is there, I'm confident that they're going to get lined up the way they, they need to. Uh, pre-snap communication is going to occur, and plays like that don't happen. But to round out the series, um, they, they score the touchdown, the offense gets the ball, they, they go, what, sack, sack, Right. Uh, penalty, right. incompletion, incompletion on four downs, right. and and give, they, they end up losing the game on on fourth and thirty two. Don't even complete a pass on the down. I, I think that kind of after a, a great fourth quarter, very exciting, a lot of offensive production, uh, defense made plays for the first time in the game, some great performances that we saw. Everything fell apart. I think we're going to see that 
from this team as it as it continues to kind of learn to get better. And that this was a step in that direction. Um, it, it's a good loss in the sense that it, it's good for the younger guys to experience that, to see down 17 points, which I, I thought I was amazed by this. 235 games in the Steelers' history, right. they were down 17 points in the fourth quarter. They've never come back and won. So for them to have taken the lead with three minutes to go, I think it, it speaks volumes to what they could do. They're just not there yet. Well, what's interesting, Neil, to me is that the guy that, that made the play was Austin Eckler, and he, he got no credit from anybody for it because he's the one that cut him down on the blitz. Um, I think part of this is Pittsburgh doesn't blitz that often. This is not the old days of Dick LeBeau. And I think you know, when you don't blitz that often, that means you're not working on it that often. And you got a lot of people in there that didn't work on it probably much at all over the past few weeks, and I think it showed on that play. Yeah, I think my old coaching buddy, is, I hope he's listening right now, he said the exact same thing. You're, you're not used to doing it. Um, people are going to react differently to it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not somebody that gets into body language. I, that, that's a, it's an easy crutch to fall on. But yeah. if you look at it, Cam Sutton isn't reacting the way an NFL quarterback, quarterback reacts to a play. There, there's something confusing going on there. Um, that, that led us to, to wonder, um, was Arthur Millette supposed to blitz? Is he the only guy in the field who knew they were blitzing? Right. Um, you have to wonder. But you're exactly right. Eckler caught him down. Otherwise, to be honest, uh, if Eckler doesn't get him 100%. May blow the whole play up. Herbert's getting hit when yep. he throws the ball. No doubt. You know, Herbert didn't see it coming until the last minute. And then he, he sees the wide open receiver and makes, you know, the 900th great throw of the game that he did. But yeah, Eckler, Eckler moved over two gaps to make that play. What a great player he is. I mean, yeah. my God, he, he was all over the place. Um, in, in, I think the last two games they played against San Diego, he's, or against Los Angeles and San Diego, he's played really well. Um, he had a great performance, and that was a that was a, a key play. You know, those, those are the types of things that win games. That, to your point, I agree with. Uh, not everybody notices right away, but um, great block. Otherwise, Millett's got him. Um, that's what kind of made me think that maybe Millett took it upon himself to blitz because literally nobody seems to know that he's blitzing yeah. except for Austin Eckler, who, who stepped up and made a great play for him. Yeah, he sure did. And by the way, that last sequence of the game where Joey Bosa finally got his sack out of one of the game balls, my God. What game? What game are we watching here? I mean, it's like he's, he's like he has another okay day and gets recognized for it because he's because the Pro Football Focus loves him. I'm trying. Yeah, to, I, I'm I, trying I, to think I, who owns Pro Football Focus. Let me think. <laughs> the guy calling the play, okay. freaking out over Bosa. Yeah. What they did, I thought it was great. Now it's really smart of the Chargers to get Joey Bosa to come inside and go against a guard, a guard that that normally plays tackle and is only playing guard because two of their guards right. are out. Right. Nobody exactly. seemed to acknowledge that. I mean, right. when when you go below J.C. Hassenauer on the Steelers' offensive line, yeah. you're you're not coming up with a guy that's going to block Joey Bosa. I mean, come on. Um, I I agree with you. I thought Bosa Bosa didn't do anything for you know, a good chunk of that game. And they made him out to have done, in my opinion, a lot more uh, than what he probably did. But he, he certainly ate at the end. Um, yeah. You know, two big plays. Uh, it, it's, you know, I, I hate to say this to Steelers fans, but it looked a lot like uh, T.J. Watt's game against the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. The stats at the end are going to are gonna speak volumes to, a you know, a potential uh, defensive player of the week. But it's, you know, that that's just kind of the nature of um, – front seven defensive football you have a, a dominant four plays and do nothing the rest of the game that's a great game yeah and both of came up i don't know how key those plays really were i mean it, it's you know 
it's crunch time to put it mildly for the Steelers. They're backed up pretty deep. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing even without the sacks. So, um, but yeah, I mean, quarterback got the ball. You want to put them on the ground, and, and they did a good job of that at the end. Like he also said, was on a defense that gave up thirty-seven points. So, if that if that's if that's the standard, Jay Alford should have had one of the three game balls in the Super Bowl for sacking Brady. All right, so um, <laughs> at the end of the game, and you know, I must look at Penn State guy in there to get the three guys. It sounds like they're going to get them back this week. Watt, Minka, and and Hayden. It's you know against Cincinnati. What do you what is do you think it means, especially against Burrow and Cincinnati, to get those three guys back? I I would really hope, if nothing else, it's going to be three veteran players that heard Tyler Boyd's comments about how everyone gave up at the end of the last time they played them. Yep. Um, and for Cincinnati in particular to be going out of the way to make comments like that. And I, I believe the following week, didn't Jacksonville take them down to the wire? Yes. This is the Thursday night game that week. Yep. Um, Cincinnati got boat raced two weeks in a row after beating the Ravens big. This this is a very, very talented team. And we'll, we can talk about Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase all day, but their defense has played really well, in my opinion. That, that's a that's a scary unit. And they have the ability to beat anybody in the NFL. Um, why are they in the position that they're in? Because they're a young team that doesn't know how to win yet. So right. going around making comments about what a, an opposing team did as far as their effort level goes, that's not smart. And I, I would hope um, T.J. Watt is the money guy of that unit uh, would have a thing or two to say about a player like that. I would hope that Joe Hayden would take that as a challenge. If he wants to see a player play tough, Joe Hayden better be the guy to do it. If, if they're all going to get in there and play, that should give the defense some confidence. But I would look to those guys uh, to, to, you know, kind of feed off of those comments. This is what a team said about you. I, I'm not referring to specifically the, the generic bulletin board material. I mean, this is personal. This isn't a team telling you that they're better than you. This isn't a team waving to your crowd as, as they leave the stadium like Mike Hilton did. This is a guy telling you that you didn't try at the end of this game. Mm-hmm. That means everyone's going to be watching your level of effort in, in this game. Which side of this equation do you want to be on this time? I would hope the veterans on the team, especially the highly paid guys, would have taken exception to that and set the tone this week. We'll, we'll see if that's the case. Um, I, I believe they're going to play. Well, you, have, you never know. Minka sounds like he's the most likely. But uh, they'll leave the door open, as, as Tomlin would say, uh, to get those guys back on the field. And the Steelers are going to be a much better team uh, with them out there than not, that's for sure. They're 6-4 and four because of immaturity, and that comment by Boyd, exemplifies the immaturity it's just as you know simple as that uh, at some point they'll grow up a little bit but they haven't done it yet Steelers by the way were the only team in the division to lose on uh on Sunday so that doesn't help the old cause along the way was there anybody in this game with the circumstances that played better than you thought considering the circumstances um I I thought we saw some stuff from Ben Roethlisberger. I don't think he played a great game, but he did better probably than I thought that he would. Um, Alex Highsmith, um, I, I, I really appreciated the effort that he put in late in the game. Uh, he got shut down pretty good. You know, Rashawn Slater's a good player. Uh, they, they have pretty good protection there. I thought Matt Filer did a great job uh, handling Cam Hayward uh, along with, with some double-team help. But uh, left and right tackles, I thought, um, for San Diego, held up to, to some degree. But, Highsmith made probably more plays in this game than he has in, in a few weeks now. Um, I was impressed with that. But if we're talking anything as far as the, the, the Steelers go, you have to look at 
that this has been beaten to death, I know, but the, the level of effort that, that Cam Hayward put forward in that game, yeah. that doesn't alone right. give him a top three vote for defensive player of the year. I don't know what does. He is a there was player. nobody playing on that team except for him. There was nobody in that first half in particular. Um, the, the, the Eckler touchdown, the second one, uh, the one that came after Herbert's unchecked, unchallenged 50-yard run down the field. Yeah. Um, that, that's the snap after Hayward chases him down from behind the line of scrimmage, uh, tackles him, gets into a fight with the opposing guy who tried to, to pull him off the pile, which is illegal, by the way. Uh, they probably yes, aren't yes. allowed to do that. No. Uh, then next, very smartly, what does Los Angeles do? They line up, they double-team Hayward, he gets pushed off the ball. Nobody touches Eckler. Everybody else got single-blocked and blown away. Hayward's the only one who should have that excuse. Right. Nobody else moved nearly as far as he did. Um, he was out one play, and, and the other team has walked over him. That's the impact that the Cam, Cam Hayward has on this defense and has all season long. Um, and then he was the guy who came up with the big play at the end. You know, he, he, he bats the pass. Cam Sutton makes a great play for the interception. They absolutely needed that because you watched the same game I did. You knew if the ball left Justin Herbert's hand, it was yeah. getting completed. Right. So if it didn't get tipped, nothing else was going to happen. And uh, Hayward made that play happen at the end of the game when he should have been you know, tongue on ground, walking slowly back to the locker room. Uh, it, it was it was outstanding to see him play at that level for four quarters. Just makes you wonder how much more of this uh, he's going to be able to take because there's still a long season to go here, and he's he's played above and beyond any point in his career. Neil, to you and your family, happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate you so much. We'll come back with more in a moment. Next half hour, Mark Wogenrich, SI.com, on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Coming up on, uh, we got more coming up tomorrow, obviously. Friday show. Yes, there will be a Friday show. And our two primary guests on Friday will be Jack Ham and Dick Durant. That's must listen. So, that's Friday show. Management demanded a Friday show. Demanded it. So, what the heck? We came through. Feel better now? I'm looking forward to it. Should be a good show. Looking forward to it. So DJ and Jack on the show Friday. Uh, 
Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com and News Radio 1070 WKOK.